0: to the virus,
1: coronavirus, has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst always, because if you don't, and the worst happens, war room, pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. New York Post: President has COVID. Um, the Daily News infected with, of course, a picture of the President and the First Lady. The Los Angeles Times this morning, Trump tests positive for coronavirus. The Minnesota Star Tribune, Trump has virus. President, First Lady tests positive. San Francisco Chronicle, Trump says he has the virus. And The Sun, Trump tests positive for coronavirus. Obviously, Willie, newspapers in across i was just going to say across the world here's a picture of the president with the prime minister uh of britain who also has had the coronavirus and had a very difficult fight with it the new york times of course trump tests positive for covid-19 and the world shudders obviously uh the impact of a a, a united states president having a disease that has killed over 200,000 in this country and a million worldwide Uh, obviously is going to cause the markets to shudder, to cause our allies to shudder, and yes, as the New York Times said, will cause the world to shudder.
0: The president, especially, um, is, is an individual who is at elevated risk of a bad outcome. One, because of his age, and two, because he has something called metabolic syndrome. He's overweight. He has other potentially other comorbidities that come with that.
1: Vladimir Putin has sent Donald Trump a telegram this morning uh, and says that he is sure, I am sure your inherent vi- uh, vitality, spirit, and optimism uh, will help you cope with the dangerous virus, uh, Vladimir Putin wrote. But of course, uh, we are not concerned with what Vladimir Putin is saying. He was supposed to go down to Florida for both a fundraiser and a rally, that rally to be held in Sanford, Florida. Uh, we know that that is canceled. We know that's not going to happen. The president was also supposed to go to Wisconsin. That was on the schedule for this weekend as well as Saturday. It hasn't officially been canceled, but as you said, it's our understanding that the president and the first lady are going to quarantine, so it doesn't seem possible that those events are going to happen. He was supposed to today have a fundraiser uh, here in Washington
0: and then travel to Florida tonight for a rally. Those events have been canceled. Uh, he was supposed to be in Wisconsin tomorrow and then have a very aggressive run of campaign events, rallies, etc. next week, including a West Coast swing. Those all now, in doubt, almost certainly to be canceled. He likely will be sidelined for at least 10 days, if not longer, and that's, of course, if he doesn't get sick, if he doesn't show symptoms. And it completely throws the last month or so of this election into chaos. Will there be two more general election debates? hard to say at this moment perhaps not will there be any sort of semblance of campaign events or rallies from either side the rest of the way that's difficult to to suggest as well
1: how they're going to continue a campaign in the face of all of this what it means for the debates the the commission is probably sitting down
3: right now (laughs) trying to figure out do we even have the next two debates given uh... the nature of this certainly Uh, We don't know what the president's health is going to be
1: to stand up for an hour and a half in front of a live audience. You know, are are we moving into crisis mode? We don't know yet. Uh, We do know that the most unconventional presidency in American history in this most unconventional of years, in this most unconventional of presidential campaigns, has just become yet more unconventional because we are what, 32 days away from a presidential election. Uh, I would doubt that you're going to see any more presidential debates. Uh, I would doubt there's a vice presidential debate.
4: And that brings us to the debates, the vice presidential debate scheduled for next week, not to mention the two presidential debates upcoming. Will they even happen?
5: The next two debates are both scheduled within a two-week window, the vice presidential debate and next
0: presidential debate. He needs to shut it down for his own sake, for the sake of his...
2: Okay, welcome to the uh, welcome to the war room. That was a, a long, cold open. But as you can tell from the mainstream media, uh, they got the finally they got the CCP kill switch. It's time to take a deep breath. Markets are fine. I think markets down two fifty. The markets are not shuddering. The world is not shuddering. Just take a deep breath. You're in the war room. It's Friday, the second of October, year of our Lord, twenty twenty. Yes, that's right. It's just a Friday. Another day at the office. President Trump, with his resolve and his steadfastness and his, and his grit, I'm not going to let this him, not like the mainstream media, unbelievable that just the panic mode hair on fire. Okay, <laughs> episode 415, over 15.5 million downloads, and we're ubiquitous everywhere. John Frederick's Radio Network on Real America Voice, that is Dish Channel 219, Chicago Comcast Channel 113 on the Newsmax TV in 70 million homes and worldwide on G News and GTV and in Mandarin. And of course, on every platform you can possibly be on. So we're really honored to be part, uh, partners with our distribution partners. We've got Dr. Li Ming Yan later to talk about uh, what the president has and how to use hydroxychloroquine and other therapeutics to get past this. Liz Yor is gonna be talking about Mike Pompeo in the uh, in the Vatican. We've got the new federal state of China from New Zealand. To New York City, this global protest against the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, their virus finally got to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Got Jack Maxey, Raheem Kasam uh, anchoring it in the uh, war room in Washington D.C. I'm in Midtown Manhattan, overseeing, overlooking St. Patrick's Cathedral and 30 Rock, and we're very honored to have from the Bay Area, Fog City Midge. You guys remember Fog City? She spent uh, a lot of time. With us down on the wall when we built the wall down in El Paso, um, she has fond memories of that. So I want to go around. We're going to have some social media. The hate and the venom has been absolutely unbelievable. But I want to go around the horn. I want to start with Fog City. Fog City. Put it in perspective what what what's happened? Why is the media in meltdown? They're canceling the campaign. They're canceling the debates. They're canceling everything. The world's shuddering. The markets are shuddering. Of course, it's all nonsense, right? market was down 400 on futures i think it's down 250 uh you know one is just another day of of the tech stocks get run 110 they're listening by the way we know the trading desk listened to war room pandemic and the reason is they made a ton of money if you were when they were shorting the stocks back early on they made a ton of money then went long we said this thing was going to flip so Midge, put this in perspective and raheem you, Jack, and Midge, I want you to look at, I think we we're put up, the guys in, out in Colorado, our partners at Real America Voice is going to put up some t- a Twitter hate. Let's t- talk about the, the haters coming out, the venom coming out against the commander-in-chief. Midge, wh- put it in perspective. What do you think we've got here?
4: Well, it's funny. I actually, I woke up in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, I, you know, my phone is blowing up. You know, President Trump has tested positive for coronavirus. And, you know, the media is already in meltdown. The hate started at 4 a.m. Uh, from what I was seeing online, and it was just nonstop. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's funny because the left has been sort of planning for something like this to happen. They've been prepared. They've been saying, oh, what if Trump gets coronavirus? That'll be, you know, just the best thing for our narrative. And we're, we're seeing it play out right now in live time. But it's funny because, you know, my understanding is President Trump doesn't have any symptoms. You know, I think if he gets three days of negative tests, he could get back out there much sooner than expected. So, you know, this doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to stop, that all campaigning, that all activity for President Trump is just going to stop. You know, he fully intends to continue working from the White House and stay active. I mean, I, I don't see, you know, his doctor said he made he's already, he's doing fine. So, you know, it's like, I don't understand why the world is in complete meltdown. Um, it's shocking, but I, I think it's, again, just an opportunity for the left to push their hate and their get Trump narrative.
3: I, I do did, did want to clarify, Steve, as well for that. Just the, the White House announced about, Half an hour ago, the president is experiencing some mild symptoms oh. now. So I don't know, you know, exactly what those come in the shape of, but that seems to be what the um, what the White House said about uh, and to the Associated Press reporting that about half an hour
4: ago. Oh, good update, thank b- you. B-
2: by the way, I, I, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure he's going to show some 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 symptoms. He's got the CCP virus, but you know, two things. Number one, you got Mnuchin and these guys calling around. The Treasury Department calling around to the capital markets, to the trading desk. You got the Fed trading desk calling around. So right now, you've just reported, Raheem. uh, You know the market's down 110. It's another Friday. By the way, we had—I think—we had a pretty good jobs report. Not great, but you got unemployment down under what eight percent, seven point six percent from Great Depression levels. You're going to have a big third quarter. So the market is just another Friday in the market. I know they've talked to the allies. I know they've talked to guys that may not be considered our allies. The world is not shuttering. The capital markets are not shuttering. The country's not shuttering. This is all just the complete hair on fire. This is the reason we have the problem with the Democratic base and why they have to steal this election after November 3rd, because the the mass hysteria they go through every day, this is how they traumatize their base. This is why all the Democrats are down in their basement and don't want to come out. That's why Vish Burr. I really want to thank Vish and the team at uh, Real America for putting that supercut. It was a little long, but it just shows you how they're in total meltdown, right? And so President Trump, Trump President Trump can run the government and do it from the residents. Doesn't have the one-on-one personal feel of being in a room with somebody, but he can run the entire apparatus from there. Not just that, I happen to think, and I'm an advocate of... You know president trump i know the rallies are great i love the rasno people love them but digitally you could do like i'm doing these calls on the, the the plot to steal america president trump could do five rallies a day digitally right now he can hammer it on, on as far as the campaign goes so i think it's this is i think this is emblematic of the point in history where we are we have an irresponsible mainstream media irresponsible social media and we have uh, the opponents of president trump I think the agents of chaos, all they want is chaos. Look this morning. Oh, the markets are going to be shuttering, the world's going to be shuttering, the campaign's going to be stopped, you can't have any more debates. Take a deep breath. This is what President Trump offers, stability, grit, determination, and resolve, and so I think it's time. I actually think this uh, could be quite powerful, and listen, this is a pandemic right the ccp this came out of the lab whether they did it on purpose as a biological weapon or whether it was inadvertent with a gain of function experiment that went out dr lee min young has, has has done an amazing job of showing this didn't come from a wet market it didn't come from a bad cave raheem kasam jack maxey talk to me about twitter the hate of, and the pure venom is pretty is actually pretty stunning
3: yeah well i think the, we have some more breaking com- news here yes, as well
4: yes we've got some breaking news um, yeah. Ronna McDaniel, chairwoman of the RNC, has tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, She's experiencing mild symptoms, according to multiple people who have been briefed on the situation. Um, You know, this is, uh, you know, now we've got Ronna McDaniel, Hope Hicks, uh, President Trump, and Vice President, or uh, excuse me, First Lady Melania Trump, but not our Vice President um, not, not, or not, Karen Pence. Not
3: Pence, not Jared, not Ivanka, not Barron, uh, not Amy, Amy Coney Barrett, not Mike Pompeo, mm-hmm. not Jack Maxey. <laughs>
5: I think the key thing to think about here is every day when you're walking down the street, anywhere where between 5 and 10% of those people, have either had it or have it. Most people are asymptomatic. Trump does have some comorbidities. He's over 65. He's a little bit overweight. But the guy's never smoked. He doesn't drink. He's not a diabetic. He doesn't have high blood pressure. Statistically, Donald Trump is probably going to be fine. And the other thing that we can look around the world and see other people, remember Jair Bolsonaro, He got the disease. I don't even think the guy skipped a day of work. He was walking around every day. He was fine. He said from the start that, just like Putin said about Donald Trump, he's got vitality, he's got vigor, he should be okay. There may be a great learning moment for the American people, and I pray that the president uh, recovers very nicely here because it might inspire some people to lose and shed some of the fear that has been imposed upon them by the propaganda of the CCP and their quislings in the Democratic Party who want to see this country on its knees and see us uh, weakened so that they can get their candidate in office. Donald Trump, uh, you know, prayers to you, mate. I think you're going to be fine, and I think it'll be a great example for the American people to see that they're going
3: to be fine, too. All right, we're going to go to a break here, but Jack, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Bolsonaro, Juan Hernandez, Lukashenko, Prince Albert of Monaco, all these people, all these world leaders who have had it, and it has passed. We'll be back with a war and pandemic in just a moment.
1: With Stephen K. Bannon.
0: The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide.
1: War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
0: Mark Meadows has spent a lot of time on Capitol Hill uh, with COVID negotiations, relief negotiations. And of course, there's the president's Supreme Court nominee, uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who not only was with the president a few days ago, but has been repeatedly with Mark Meadows, who's been acting as her guide on Capitol Hill, meeting Republican senators, all of whom now would need to be part of a robust Mm -hmm. contact tracing program within the White House. This calls into question whether or not the presidential debates can still occur. This calls into question whether the Supreme Court can still occur and of course even in the best case scenario for the president were he not to fall ill he is now supposed to quarantine for 10 to 14 days which would sideline him from the campaign trail with only a little over a month to go
3: welcome back to war and pandemic so good to play the intro music twice it is friday october the second the year of our lord 2020 broadcasting live from capitol hill jack maxi Raheem Kassam and in studio guest host Fog City Midge down the line Stephen K. Bannon I want to jump into this um, point about Boris Johnson uh, ladies and gentlemen here on the, in, in the studio and watching in the live stream and beyond um, I went through this morning and looked into since since everybody's getting political about this and it, it's, it, it's inescapable to talk about the impact on the election with this I went into Boris Johnson's approval ratings Um, post his COVID diagnosis back in March he was neck and neck basically with the Labour Party leader at the time Uh, he had an approval rating of about 46% um, just a month, less than a month later um, about 20 days later into his diagnosis uh, that 46% had jumped to 66% and even a month after that was still high at 57% compared to uh, just 26% and 35%, respectively, who thought he was doing badly as a leader. If we want to get honest about what the impact this has um, on the election, um, and and you know, as I say, it's not something that I think is is, is worth politicking about, but as a point of analysis. Um, this will probably serve to help the president in in some way, shape or form. There will be a lot of public sympathy. Uh, a lot of people have gone through this themselves. a lot of people have had scares i, 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 I totally
2: I, I, to- I totally disagree yeah. I, I don't think there'll be any public sympathy and I don't think I don't think he needs sympathy. I think if he I think if he acts accordingly and and takes a deep breath and has the uh, and has uh, you know d- d- performs his function as commander in chief and chief executive of the uh, of the administration and chief law enforcement officer, I think, his, I think his approval rating could skyrocket. I don't think we should assume any sympathy at all. I don't think he needs sympathy. I don't think he wants sympathy. I mean, it's Donald Trump.
3: No, I don't, mean, I, I don't, I don't, mean, I don't mean sympathy in a, in a in a in a in a cute sense. I mean, people who are sympathetic to the struggle, who, uh, who can identify with what the president's going through. It's the very same thing, Steve, as this, as this Melania video that came out last night, where she's, she's frustrated over the Christmas decorations. She will experience public sympathy as a result of that. Guess why? Because people know uh, what a nightmare that can be. It's, it's connecting with people, and this will connect with people.
2: Uh, yeah, listen, I think what Boris did is I think Boris, Boris's um, uh, COVID experience was pretty tough. Remember, there was a couple of days there, Raheem, we didn't know if Boris was going to make it or not. And we didn't know if they were giving us the straight skinny on how bad his situation was. I think in hindsight, it was a lot worse than 10 Downing Street was letting on. Uh, but Boris came through that. You know, it was later that he kind of uh, uh, dropped the ball on, uh, on, the, on the British response. I think this is all about how the president handles this. I think it's all about if he shows up to work, if he digitally gets back on the campaign, if this is just another day at the office. I think you just saw right there. What the mainstream media wants is they want a complete meltdown. They want to, they want to get Dr. Fauci out with his clipboard. He's going to be contact tracing all over D.C. And you're going to have Mark Meadows, uh, Ju- uh, Judge Barrett, uh, everybody is going to be down in their cave so that they can have the same mass hysteria. That they've had this traumatized the democratic party remember the biggest breaking news we had last night before uh president trump uh you know was diagnosed with the ccp virus is the fact that in full panic mode because i've been listening to war room pandemic and raheem your roadshow show and mine on the plot to steal 2020 all of a sudden they're knocking on doors they're in ohio they're in florida they're in pennsylvania They're in the three big states they need to win what are they doing they're knocking on doors because they, and they're telling people you have to get out on November third and vote. They understand we've totally exposed this plot that they've got to steal the presidency with these phony mail-in ballots, right? Uh, you know they're shoveling them in by the palletful, by the pound down there in Philadelphia. So the biggest story last night was how the Democratic Party has, has totally reversed course and now everything is about getting people out to vote in the third because they understand once the bold red predicate, the bold red fact of Trump's victory on the evening of the third of real votes, those are votes that take place on game day. That's going to be tough to reverse now you're seeing the same mass hysteria they're trying to traumatize the trump base they're trying to traumatize the white house they're trying to traumatize the campaign the entire administration here's what you do you just sit there and go hey it's the friday the second of october Here's, here's what we're gonna do. I think the president ought to digitally have the rally in Sanford today. Obviously, he's got to take care of his health. He's got some symptoms. He should take care of them. He's got great medical help. And I think, Jack, one of the first things he should do is Dr. Yan's gonna take it, get up on the hydroxy right away, right? Do an early therapeutic uh, that we've been advocating here on the... Uh, on the, So push back. What do you guys, Midge, uh, Raheem, Jack, push back on that. I say, hey, it's just another day at the office. Show stability. Markets will come back our allies and everything's okay. American people sit there and go, this is what I like about Trump. Yeah. With with Biden, I get a happy talk joker. I get the joker with the Tourette syndrome with a, with these radical anarchists in back of him, right? In this radical plan, they don't want to pack the court, global, you know, Green New Deal, uh, all this, rad- you know, $4 trillion tax hike, uh, chaos in the streets, defund the cops, uh, everything. But I got the joker, you know, I got this old bizarro kind of out there in front. With Trump, I get stability, I get resolve, I get steadfastness, I get what I'm looking for in a president. Someone who's not going to give an inch, who's going to sit there and go, hey, it's just another day at the office. So guys, respond, criticize, critique observations.
5: You know, Steve, this is a really good opportunity for the deplorables out there to have a call to arms here to a certain extent. We've watched this president carry this movement on his own ample shoulders now for four years and we expect him to always be out there at his bully pulpit doing rallies etc etc he's probably not going to be able to do that in the near term so that means more than ever you deplorables got to get out there and pick up the slack we've got to be out there knocking on the doors we've got to be out there taking back the house on November 3rd we can't think small here this isn't just about a victory this is about vanquishing the opposition. And I think that Donald Trump, if I were advising him, I'd have him on Rush Limbaugh today at noon. I'd have him doing every radio show around the country, showing the American people that he does have that vigor and vitality that is a trademark of him and a trademark of us as a people and inspire the American people that this is going to be okay. And November 3rd is still the target date, and we all have to pay attention.
4: Yep. And this is, once again... time for trump to demonstrate his strength and what we know him for and you know i think that trump did an amazing thing during the debate when he called biden out for the lack of crowds and basically forced him to have to do what he didn't want to do which is go out address the big crowds meet the people And that's why we saw at his train tour event with hundreds of people out on the street, of course, crammed together, again, and not masked, not social distancing. So, you know, Trump forced Biden to have to do that. So, you know, I think it will be, it's funny to see how the left is kind of not covering that and being hypocritical on that again, but... Yeah, the Biden train tour, it'll be interesting to see now whether they pull back because of what's going on with President Trump.
2: Raheem, your ideas, your thoughts, your commentary.
3: Well, I want to understand, maybe Jack, you can shed some light on this. If the president is is tested every day, but tested positive yesterday, how does that work in terms of when would he have possibly contracted it. And, what you know, there's this the whole thing about the viral load and the incubation time and all of that. I mean, is there any, do, do we know anything about that? Maybe that's a question for Dr. Well, later. Well, first of
5: it? all, these tests can uh, pick up a positive result with a very minimal amount of the virus. In mm-hmm. fact, that's why we have so many false positives. I'm not saying that the president is a false positive by any means, but he is being tested every day. So he probably was pronounced positive at the earliest possible moment, Mm. right? So if we follow the Zelenko protocol, we follow some of these protocols with HCQ, azithromycin, and zinc, maybe the the guy will uh, power through this with no problems. I'd love to see him continue to talk to the American people, even if his voice is hoarse and Mm -hmm. even if he's got a little cough, because I think that people love to feel that this man is a strong man. It inspires us to greater deeds. And I think it's going to inspire people to get out there. If they see him struggling through this problem and still doing his job, and I guarantee you he will do it because I've never seen the guy stop yet. I mean, I get tired just keeping up with him in the media. I think it will be a very big power move for him to continue
3: to speak to the American people throughout his sickness. What's the Spanish word for it? Godio, go. that's what that's I think that's what people want to see. Steve, what's the what's the move now from the campaign? Should they be setting up like a rally, a digital rally tonight?
2: They should do they should do the uh, one in Sanford, uh, Florida definitely digitally. I think if the president's uh, up to it uh, physically. And he says he's got mild symptoms, you know, to Donald Trump, will, he'll power through a mild symptom. So no, I think they ought to do five rallies tomorrow. I think they ought to do five rallies the next day. I think you can actually take huge advantage of this just keep him in the residence and let him just pal through people love hearing what they love about the rallies they love the camaraderie but what they really love is trump trump sitting there driving home you know doing his uh, doing his speech right. look what yeah. i want to hear from what we need to hear from is is war room pandemic hashtag war room pandemic most powerful audience in the world we got a lot of lao beijing later but raheem why don't you take us out we'll be back in a moment
3: that's right guys and gals and everyone out there, make sure you're uh, hashtag War Room on Twitter in the live chat as well. Following on Facebook and beyond, we'll be back with more War Room Pandemic in just a moment.
1: War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon.
0: The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide.
1: War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Mann
2: We have Raheem and uh, Jack Maxey down in the War Room in um, in uh, Washington, D.C. I'm in Midtown Manhattan on assignment. We're honored to have Fog City Midge in from the uh, Babylon on the Bay, San Francisco. Uh, to join us here in washington dc in the war room uh by, by the way guys any breaking news that comes up just jump in like ronna mcdaniel having uh, also uh, contracting the ccp virus uh, also where are the markets right now i think we're seeing some stability in the markets we're seeing stability among our allies we've got some breaking news later jack i think about uh america's uh military uh, support in the South China Sea. So a lot of good things happening today. It's just another day in the office over at the White House. Mainstream media is in complete hysterical meltdown. This is how they have the problem with nobody in the Democratic Party wants to show up to vote. They all wanna they all want to hide in their rabbit hutch, right? Because they they've been they've been traumatized traumatized by the mainstream media. Now look we've been covering the pandemic since mid-January. Right, we refused to kind of drop the handle pandemic when people came to us in the spring. So I said, Hey, I think this thing is kind of impervious to heat and humidity, and that's why we had the big bounce in the summer because it is impervious to heat and humidity. This pandemic's not over, and it's not over by a long shot. And here's the reason this came from the Chinese Communist Party, this came from the uh, from a CCP lab, whether it's a bioweapon program or a gain of function experiment gone awry. This is China's problem china has done this and they've exacerbated it and the chinese media is mocking and ridiculing us right now they're particularly after president trump so i hope folks in the white house understand that this is the ccp virus jack you mentioned something in the break the irony of contracting this on the first of october what is that
5: china national day so here we have the ccp virus that has been given to our president on their national day there is some irony in that But the even better irony is gonna be when we watch Donald Trump power through this illness and we stick a thumb in their eye as a result.
2: Well, and powering through the illness, let's talk about, let's get back to the business at hand. The business at hand is clearly a presidential election. I think it's 31 in a wake up until we uh, actually vote. The Trump supporters couldn't be more on fire. I think something like 70, 75% of Trump supporters want to vote on election day, the real vote. And of course then you've got uh, you've got the Democratic Party and the progressive left the mainstream media want to steal this with all this kind of you know voting by the ballot 60 to 80 million 60 to 80 million um, ballots to be cast by mail I think the uh, the uh, you know the latest is so Raheem you see yesterday a very disturbing part of the law firm remember it's three parts of this you got a law fair part of it you've got the mainstream media and the in the kill switch of the social media you've also got the street muscle they're going to bring through antifa and certain elements of black lives matter but in montana yesterday a very disturbing court case uh it was ruled i think even by a federal judge out there that said that ballot harvesting in that senate race out there which is a critical senate race between uh steve danes and the uh and the current governor that ballot harvesting is essentially okay ballot harvesting being one of the principal. Uh, problems we got in doing these uh, this massive uh, mail-in vote, and that's what's happening in Philadelphia. So Raheem, why don't you get us up to speed on the plot to uh, steal this election, the plot to steal 2020? What's your latest observations,
3: commentary on that? Well, what we're looking at now is this influx, massive influx of cases from all around the country that are getting reported uh, of the mail-in ballots. Now, I'll, I'll I'll tell you something that I I told our group yesterday, last night. Um, on, on the live stream when we were doing this live stream for, to talk about this, uh, the, this plot, um, these, these series of digital meetings that we've been doing almost day in and day out between you and I, Steve, um, that I personally received three mail-in ballots yesterday to my address now obviously I'm not a u.s citizen I have no intention of voting, um, but these are the sorts of things now that are, that are critical to track if, if they if they're sending me uh, three mail in ballots for people who haven't lived at my address in a decade, um, you wonder about how much that's taking place all around the country and so tracking things like that is going to be incredibly difficult but is an incredibly important thing to do they're, they're, just think about it this way uh, people who move you don't you don't inform the local elections board that you're moving whether it's out of county out of state uh, whatever it is right and so there are all these mail-in ballots just floating around right now uh that if you're not like me uh which is which is moral you're going to open them up i think the left is going to open them up fill them in and send them back and the question is how uh we track that how that is uh monitored by election monitors how it's monitored by external people we know a lot of these states put their mail-in voting uh data online and whether it's a a front-facing website where you have to go in the back and and work some some digital magic or something you can figure it out the question is do we have the resources deployed do we have the resources at hand Do we have the tech now? Do we have the um, electoral uh, lawyers at hand to deal with this? Now, people are talking about this 10,000 volunteers from LeBron James and all of this stuff. So, So my question is for our side... Do we have the requisite uh, the requisite pushback? And it, right now, while I'm seeing a ramping up of all of this, I'm very grateful and glad uh, that the RNC and and, and, the, and the campaign have the have, have, have taken the heed of some of this. I'm not sure we're yet at a critical mass. And that's where the audience comes in, Steve, because like you said last night on the live stream, like we say every day on this show, it is impossible. Imperative that everybody who can registers as a poll watcher or an election official. You can still do it. There's still time, and and I want to tell a story. I didn't get to tell it last night, but I want to tell a story very quickly. So I've actually been an election counting agent in the room, on the floor, as polls are, as, as ballots are being counted. Um, in in the United Kingdom, and it's a contact sport. Uh, effectively, what you're doing is you are shoulder to shoulder with somebody from competing parties, and of course, in the United Kingdom, there's four, five, six competing parties uh, at an election, and you're shoulder to shoulder against them. You're tussling and you're jostling. You're looking over the shoulder of the of the person who is actually physically counting the ballots to say, "Oh, you missed one of ours there," or "Oh, I think you put that one in the wrong pile," or and there's this, there's it, it's it's a fight. It's a fight to make sure that these uh, ballots are counted fairly, even when there isn't any of this jiggery pokery going on. So you think about what's going to happen uh, November third and afterwards. So this the, the 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 audience must volunteer.
2: Look, here's the thing. Particularly, we've been doing speeches to or talks these talks to the young Republican groups out the country because look, a lot of the uh, people that have are in the danger zone with the CCP virus. Traditionally, poll watchers and the election official volunteers are normally older so you can't count on the boomers right now you need young people that's why we got uh, fog city midge on here to inspire the young people you got to get out there you got to volunteer it's absolutely imperative to get in the room and Raheem's 1,000 percent correct the uh, and, and the left's melting down because Bannon's out there saying hey this is gonna be a war this is gonna be a knife fight in these counting rooms it's gonna be a knife fight because there's so much that has to line up. Remember, if you don't vote in your secret ballot on Election Day, which the deplorables are going to do, if you go by mail or go by absentee, you're basically saying, hey, I don't mind if somebody handles my ballot. I know they have to. Well, there's a whole process of how you check that, how you check to certify. Remember, one of the reasons we even got this idea, the Democratic primaries in June, I think it was, in, uh, in Brooklyn and in, uh, in Manhattan, uh, 30% in, in the woke capital of America in Brooklyn, 30% of those ballots were not certifiable. I think there were 20% were not certifiable of the mail-in in, uh, in, in uh, you know, know-it-all Manhattan. Here's the point. The mainstream media has traumatized the Democratic Party base. They have to vote by mail. They're going to vote by mail. I don't care how many doors they go knock on now. It's too late to get out a real get-out-the-vote move when you start this late. They've got to vote by mail. And Marheen Kasam's absolutely correct. This is going to come down to the county. This is not going to be so much an issue of voter fraud. It's going to be a voter administration. And this is where they're going to try to do ballot harvesting. This is going to try to do vote by the pallet, vote by the pound. And there have to be Trump supporters in the room. Remember, we're saying if it's a certifiable ballot, hey, it should count. If it's, a, if it's a real mail-in and you've got everything lined up, you're a registered voter, you're a citizen, you've done it properly, hey, that vote should count. We're not certainly not anti-democratic. We understand that. But it's this ballot harvesting. It's this, uh, it's this uh, vote by the ballot that you got to stop. And Raheem Kassam's absolutely correct. That's a contact sport. The two contact sports, the three contact sports, number one, the legal parts of contact sport. The, 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 the lawyers for Trump have got to get in these courtrooms and start filing lawsuits just like the left is of the 200 lawsuits that are filed. In addition, you know the street uh, elements going to be contact because Antifa and black, certain elements of Black Lives Matter are out of control. And obviously, social media is going to be contact because they're going to have the kill switch that they're going to sit there and say, no, President Trump can't declare himself uh, president. So, Midge, where do you think? You're, I know you're back on the East Coast for a while, back here in Washington, D.C., You've been over at the Trump Hotel, you've got, a, you've got probably the best feel of the Trump movement overall. Where do you think the Trump movement is in this, in this process that's out there to steal his victory on November 3rd, to actually have Joe Biden win, you know, win the presidency on some counting of uh, these mail-in votes until they get the lead?
4: Well, you know, it's funny because I have been traveling all over the country during, you know, over the last few months. I've been I've been following the Trump campaign. I've been speaking to Trump supporters. I've been attending the the reopen California protests for months. And, you know, I see so much passion and enthusiasm for President Trump out there across the country. And I've seen very little for Joe Biden. I'm not exaggerating when I say that I have not seen one yard sign for Joe Biden in the Bay Area. Uh, But funny enough, I've been staying down in Houston, Texas recently. And, you know, I actually have seen a number of Joe Biden signs. Um, But it has been difficult to to find these Biden supporters to see where the support actually is. And it seems very clear to me that the Democrats know that they don't have the enthusiasm for Joe Biden. They can't win in a fair fight. So they've they've rigged this whole thing. And, you know, I remember back in. May, uh, Kaylee McEnany was bringing up, you know, our press secretary was bringing up the fact that. We have areas in California where we have over a hundred percent of the population registered to vote. I remember her tweeting that one hundred and twelve percent of the population of Los Angeles is registered to vote, which doesn't even make any sense. And as yeah, apparently Raheem, I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> one of them too. I'm probably like six of them. I remember in LA, I probably moved, you know, six times in eight years that I lived there. And how many times did I, you know, I don't, I don't think I ever unregistered at an address. I just re-registered right. wherever I moved. So, you know, I think that there are so many people like this, and they don't purge the voter rolls. So, you know, if all of these people are receiving ballots, what do do they expect is going to happen? There's obviously going to be, um, you know, some issues and some opportunity for fraud there.
5: Steve, one opportunity for our listeners here when you talk about ballot harvesting, and we've been separated from our elderly in these old age homes now because of this pandemic, and we're finally able to get back with our loved ones They use these old age homes around the country to abuse these older people to make them vote the way they want. You need to get in there and take responsibility for your elderly parents and relatives and make sure that they are not victimized by this ballot harvesting process. Their rights need to be protected, and while we're talking about lawfare and everything else, I think that somebody ought to fire around across the bow of these old age home operators who allow this scam to occur inside their buildings, because at some point they become complicit in my mind.
2: What is uh, what is uh, the hashtag, What tell me what the live stream, we've got about less than a minute, Raheem, maybe we'll do it in the next segment with uh, with Fog City, but uh, we wanna hear what the live stream's telling us and what hashtag war and pandemic. Remember, this is your moment to shine in American history and to keep the republic that uh, Franklin warned us about. Raheem, take us out, sir.
3: Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, yeah, excuse me. Oh, God, I've got it. Um, so uh, the latest is that uh, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows is um, just concluding, I think, a press briefing. We'll bring you the latest from that as he speaks to reporters on the White House North Lawn, Jack Maxey, Hit Image, Stephen K. Bannon, Raheem Kassam here in the War Room, Capitol Hill, New York, New York. We'll be right back.
1: War Room, Pandemic, with Stephen K. Bannon.
0: The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide.
1: War Room, Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. As uh,
2: our hashtag War and Pandemic posse says, I think his name is Shell, said that Donald Trump's going to accomplish more in quarantine Than Joe Biden's done in 47 years. That's the spirit we want to hear. That's resolve. That's grit. That's determination. You're back in the war room. Raheem, Mark Meadows, chief of staff, uh, one of the Tea Party leaders from North Carolina, just uh, just talked up on on, on, at the mics, just went to the uh, sticks. What do you have to say?
3: Yeah, and of course, he's he's very far away from reporters. But of course, the uh, the first thing that people are talking about, he wasn't wearing a mask. Um, Mark Meadows comes out, uh, Chief of Staff, he says um, the doctors continue to monitor his health and the health of the First Lady and will continue to do that. The President has mild symptoms, but he also says he won't get into the President's treatment plan right now. He says the President's first question of the day was, how's the economy doing and how are the stimulus talks on Capitol Hill going? So just like you said, Steve, all just action, back to action, another day at the office um, for the president. And then finally, um, I just wanted to make mention of the fact that uh, I'm just going to check this here. Um, yeah, no, I think that's it. That's that's all the headlines from from Mark Meadows so far. I don't know if he's still speaking, or if he's concluded speaking yet, but I'll continue to monitor it. So, Jack, what
5: should be the
2: real quickly before we go to Fog City, what should be the uh, treatment uh, that uh, the Jack Maxey and the in uh, the Jack Maxey posse would recommend.
5: Oh, well, the Jack Zelenko Max. treatment would be what four hundred milligrams for one or two days, and then two hundred milligrams each day for five days with twenty five milligrams of zinc, and a course of azithromycin. I mean, this is being done around the world. That's a hydroxychloroquine. Would, yeah, yeah, and and perhaps also. I mean, if it were me, I I, I like the shotgun approach to medicine. I would have uh, uh, put him on the ivermectin too. Why not? first do no harm and let's be clear people I, to to I only play yeah, a doctor ahead. on television I am not a doctor you, you, a, you play a doctor, you play a doctor <laughs> on a podcast
3: <laughs> no.
2: yeah uh, Fox Any, I want to go to uh, I want to go to you quickly and talk about what uh, you're going to be here for the second hour with us too but what an influencer is but you've got some observations on social media I, I know you live on social media tell us what that tell us about the venom and hate directed to our president
4: yeah it started immediately as as you can expect from the left but it's surprising because it's not just coming from these you know far-left BLM activists on Twitter it's coming from blue checkmark it it's coming from you know major Democrats and as well as journalists you know it's funny cuz I just found this article Uh former Obama staffer and Hillary Clinton spokeswoman tweets out a death wish for President Trump she tweets out it's been against my moral identity to tweet this for the past four years, but I hope he dies. And this is the kind of thing we're seeing from the left. It's uh, it's despicable. Let me pull up a couple of the other ones here from from people that we can expect uh, to, to just spew their hate, like George Conway. He failed to protect the country. He couldn't even protect himself. Um, you know, just... It it's it's quite sickening when it all comes down to it. Let me see who else do we have here. Oh yeah, people just just mocking the fact that uh, you know that damn hoax. I mean we've got it's been nasty. The stuff I saw immediately was the nastiest.
5: But but Steve, there's one really some stuff right
2: now. Yeah, one really good
5: one from our favorite girl, and I think she defines that. That kind of person on the other side of the aisle who we're trying to attract to our movement. And I think she's 90% there. But Tulsi Gabbard oh. showed her real class. She wrote My husband Abraham and I offer our best wishes and aloha to President at Real Donald Trump and the First Lady, praying for their speedy recovery. We also send our best wishes to Ivanka, Tiffany, Donald, Trump Jr., Eric, and Barron during this difficult time. Now, that's what a class act is, yeah. and look what the Democratic Party did to yeah. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is was victimized by the same strategy that they're going to try and do against our president on November 3rd.
4: Yep, yeah. and what no, a polar Tulsi opposite. we got to welcome
2: him our movement. Polar opposite yeah. from what yeah. the
4: Washington uh, so, Post so, was putting out.
2: And remember. So, uh, Fog City, tell people. We've got you on here today to, as an influencer. Tell people quickly what's an influencer. What do you do? Why are you so important as a part, a major cog in the
5: Trump movement?
3: And who are you?
4: And who am I? I know. I love that you guys call me Fog City Midge. Like that's my name now. <laughs> <laughs> my social media handle has become my name. Um, but, you hear what he calls me. <laughs> but yeah, I'm Maggie Vandenberg. I'm. I actually started my career as a filmmaker, which is yet another reason why I love Uncle Steve so much. Um, But yes, that's his name now. Yes, of course. That's that's what I call you. Um, So, yeah, I started my career as a filmmaker and was, you know, in the closet politically, so to speak, in in Los Angeles for many years. And, you know, it wasn't until I kind of. I just saw what was on the line and I had this this reckoning and realization that if I and if people like me continue to stay silent we will lose the country but right now we have an opportunity with this president to get our country back on track and to actually fight back and maybe have a chance to to win and to you know become the America first agenda and beat these globalists so I totally pivoted my career and started creating conservative content and now I've basically become a social media influencer. I post my content. Uh, social media is my my new, you know, way that I distribute my now short, very short format films. And yeah, people people are drawn to it. It's grown. I've got over 300,000 followers, and you know, people now turn to me for opinion, for thoughts, for updates on the news, and me and everything in conservative media and kind of, uh, you know, conservative thought. So it's quite remarkable that I went from a relatively unknown filmmaker and actress in Hollywood to now, you know, I thought my career would be over by coming out as a conservative and now it's just been exactly the opposite. For the people
3: out there who are interested in doing when similar, how, do, how does one become an influencer? Like, do you have to have some special access to something?
4: Yeah, I don't think as long as you have a smartphone, I think you can do basically anything and it is, and also if you have a little bit of creativity I think it helps if you can kind of uh, you know, see a good meme or maybe tweak something or put, put out your content but some people have become influencers just reposting other things that they see that sort of putting together curated content on their feeds so I think if you have a strong opinion and if you're committed to posting regularly that's really the, the main key ingredient to becoming an influencer um, and I always tell people if they're interested in, in getting involved in using social media to speak up and get a message out, just figure out what platform works for them. Obviously, Instagram's more visual. Um, you know, Twitter's better if you're if you're a great writer. So you know, just figure out what works for you and start speaking up.
3: There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Some tips for you. If you want to do your part, that's one of the parts people need to play out there. Fox it is Jack Maxi, sorry Maggie. Stephen K. Banner, Uncle Steve, Raheem Ghassan return in just a moment.